Testing, testing. It's on. One, two, one, two. Microphone checker. Microphone wrecker. Microphone picker, picker. <laughs> Alright, let's give this a shot. What is life? What does it mean to heal? I'm a human. Hello, hello? Let's figure it out together. This is the Turning of the Bones podcast. What are we doing? That's fun. Just to come play. Play in the podverse. Hello. Welcome to the Turning of the Bones podcast. I'm your host, Colby Marie. So nice to have you here. I thought today we could start with a little poetry reading. A dear friend of mine sent me a poem this week, and I'd like to share it with you now. Moving the Bones by Rick Barat. There are too many ancestors, so we are gathering their bones. The poor ones, their graves broken by the roots of trees. The ones whose headstones have been weathered as blank as snowdrifts. We have bought the wide plot. We have built the mausoleum. And now we fill it with the bones. The ones killed in the monsoon floods. The one buried in her wedding dress. The one buried with his medals. Because there will be a time when we cannot keep track of them. Scattered in the cemetery like prodigals, we collect the bones. The ones whose faces I can still recall, the ones who have been dead for a hundred years, we collect their bones. At each opened grave, we think about the body taking its shape as father, sister, cousin, uncle. We hunger for the story of each figure. We hold the bones though we know memory is mostly forgetting. Or memory is the sweeper who clears the sidewalk each morning. Or memory is the broom. The mausoleum is marble, white as certain roses, and shaped like a house. There is room for everyone we will put there. The rich ones, their gravestones glowing with gold paint. The infants with sweet names. We open their graves. We move their bones. Look back far enough and your family becomes unfamiliar. A circle of people with a fading circumference. When I think of it long enough, home becomes a confusion of birthplace, hometown, country, and nation. We walk through the cemetery. We point to our own and we gather their bones. Maybe memory is the desperate pharaoh who commands that the things of this life go with him into the next. I would take with me the books I loved best. A jar of the ocean spanning my two countries. A slip of my lover's sunny hair. I would take with me a sack of rice, my mother's orange shawl, the robe my father wears in the kitchen at night drinking a glass of water. That we might 
go to just one place to worship them, to wonder at who they were. We are moving the bones. Our tribe of arrows and vinegar, our black curly hair, our ordinary minds. Holding the bones, we say the names of the dead, the music of the syllables conjuring the hearts they answered to. We hold the bones, each stern skull, each proud sternum, each elegant rib curved like a horizon. Well, that was just an absolutely gorgeous poem. Holy shit. Whew. Reading it out loud just kind of and it rocked me a little bit more. Take a minute to try to feel my feet before I uh, continue talking with you all. That was by uh, a poet named Rick Barat, who was born in the Philippines, uh, raised in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, finalist for the National Book Award. And... Uh, wrote a, a book of poem called Galleons that I looked at. I think I'm gonna order as soon as I, I get a little spare change. I could use a new new poet. Really grateful to have friends who are uh, sending me poet poetry. Um, yeah, I really love that. It's like, I love it when as an artist or a teacher or a uh, creative, I, I find it really fun when I hear somebody kind of put put to words or to music or uh, create a visual of something I felt. That was a huge part of why I uh, asked my friend Wancho, who did the uh, the art for turning of the bones on the website, uh, the triangle um, inside of the red. Because every time I saw his art, it just, I felt like I was looking at something I'd experienced. Um, and to see someone who had been able to kind of drop in and take the time and practice to be able to express these kinds of things, just really, really awesome. Sure, if you're listening, uh, maybe had that experience with a song. Um, but hats off to Rick Barat. Like that poem was just amazing. And uh, the friend of mine that sent it to me was integral in kind of pushing me into starting the podcast. Um, after several conversations with her, she suggested that uh, I start a podcast so I wouldn't be here without her. Hope to have her on the podcast sometime share some of her magic some of her wisdom very lovely poet who I will wait to name a little teaser for you <laughs> um, until she consents to be on the show but in the meantime cheers to Rick Barat um, 
I really feel like this poem kind of captures the poetic essence of why I wanted to start this podcast. Um, I know since I was much younger, I'm starting to develop my frontal lobe. Somewhere around 14 or 15, I became really interested in romanticism and romantic poetry. Um, and then as I continued to read and matured as a reader, um, in college I became really obsessed with William Faulkner and the way that he kind of captured It's like this feeling that I'd had before is this ancestral feeling of, you know, I think you might, <laughs> you might call it skeletons in the closet or um, ghosts from the past, you know, kind of that Dixonian uh, ghost of family members past kind of vibe. But there was something really profound to me and how William Faulkner tried to reconcile the trauma that I'm guessing his family went through and then also that the South at large had gone through following the Civil War. Um, I remember early in the pandemic I can't remember who it was, but it was definitely a black woman who I saw on Instagram who made this point that, you know, if you look at, it was after the, the Ahmed Arbery murder. And she was like, if you look at this behavior from the white people, this isn't, this is the behavior of traumatized people. And until we start talking about the trauma that the entire South went through, um, and and not to diminish uh, the African diaspora or the legacy and impact of slavery and how that's created systems of oppression, but she was kind of pointing that there was this whole piece that we needed to look at. And I remember reading William Faulkner and becoming really curious about skeletons and ghosts and I didn't have the language for it at the time. This was uh, mid-90s and the word trauma and some of that awareness, social emotional awareness just hadn't become mainstream yet. I'm, I'm sure it existed but um, I wasn't aware of it yet. And I just had this feeling when I was reading William Faulkner that there was more than I could see. And I could sense, like, I could sense the presence of my grandparents' decisions on my life. Um, I could sense 
I didn't really have words for it. It was just this feeling. I could kind of just feel that, <laughs> not to sound too cheesy, but that it was all connected, you know, and um, now there's tons of studies on intergenerational trauma, and um, I think there's a huge resurgence in neo-shamanism, and I know that I've been interested in some of that, um, in the last five to ten years um, as a part of my spiritual journey and the interconnected nature of things. Um, I have several friends who do different uh, versions of ancestor work from different lineages. Um, and I kind of just learn by listening to them, but this kind of deeper sense that The things that came before us are always walking with us. Um, and poetically, that's where the name Turning of the Bones came from. Uh, and then, yeah, it really got solidified. I heard Blind Boy talk about this ritual in Madagascar um, where... Every so often, the village or the town would exhume the bodies of their relatives and throw a party for them. Um, and having been lucky enough to be in Mexico for Dia de los Muertos, um, I kind of I wanted to make this podcast and make the name an acknowledgement of all of those who've come before us. Um, you know, our friends, our families, um, <laughs> I love this first line because there are too many ancestors so we are gathering their bones. Um, in my family, I'm the oldest cousin. Um, my mom has four brothers and sisters. Um, I've got numerous cousins. I've got one second cousin who's a little older than I am. Um, but I've kind of been tasked and I, when I was younger, I was really eager to collect all of the family photos. I wanted all of the, the evidence of how, like how I got here. Um, I think the question for me on the other side of the existential fear of non-existence and the fear of dying, um, I think that naturally led me to the desire to want to understand to some degree how I got here. And holy shit, there's so many ancestors. Uh, my dad has done a really great job on Ancestry.com tracking back his family. And I think some portions of my mother's family have been filled in adjacently. And it's really profoundly overwhelming. Um, and 
I don't know, I just really loved this poem. It kind of, it knocked me to my knees and it, it really, I don't know, it just hit home this week. It was Mother's Day last weekend and I did some, I did a, a Mother's Day ritual thanking all of the wombs that <laughs> led me to get here. Um, and just kind of had a little meditation that morning, thinking about my mom, my dad's mom, their moms, and just wow, you know. Um, I remember hearing or reading somewhere um, so my mother was a baby and grew inside of my grandmother, right? So <laughs> I don't pretend to be an expert about anything. I, I want to make that absolutely clear. I'm just kind of bumbling along here, uh, kicking the can down the road, uh, hopelessly curious and trying to figure out whatever I'm supposed to figure out in this body. Um, but uh, uh, so as you know, your mother grew inside of her mother. And so I'm directly connected to the physical experience of having been inside my grandmother through having been inside my mother's womb. And I remember learning that. I don't remember where I heard it or learned it. I think it might've been in therapy um, might have been like the pinky toe in the pond of ancestral interconnectedness, um, at least on an intellectual level and not just kind of this sense that I had and this desire to read poetry and literature that kind of talked about the past. Um, that I... I have that memory in my body because my mom has that memory in her body. So I have the memory of being inside my grandmother's womb and on and on and on. And I remember just kind of, I think it was in my twenties. I, I wasn't meditating at the time. I was just bopping along drinking and partying. And I just remember having this kind of profound, <laughs> just like feeling or insight, like, holy shit, this, this, these chains are interconnected. Um, I can't, I can't separate myself completely from, from the sources from which I came. You know, I think in America and in the West and especially for white people, we've lost We've lost our connection to a lot of our cultural heritage. We've lost our connection to our magic. Um, and I'm talking like way, 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 way back. Um, you know, I think most white people would say, what do you mean? 
we've got the Bible. Well, the Bible came from the Middle East. That wasn't necessarily like Scandinavian history. Um, and I know for me, you know, I'm fairly certain I haven't done a 23andMe test. I would love to do that. Um, I'd love to talk about the results someday if I can get some money together here i would love to share that with you but as far as i can tell i'm pretty scottish and english scandinavian um at least looking into the family tree who knows what the dna will reveal i know that uh genetics are different than ancestry which is something that just blew my mind like my sister and i could have different uh genetic markers from different races to different percentages uh, totally blew my mind um, so I'd love to find that out if my sister's listening we should both do that together that would be super fascinating um, <laughs> but we've lost like we lost that a long long time ago and I don't I don't claim to know where it came from but you know the Romans came into Europe uh, they were colonizers. We became colonizers. Um, and you know, that cycle of oppressed people oppressing, you know, it's, it's going on today. You see, uh, the news, there's shit happening in Israel again. Um, and... We've been cut off, and I, I've had this felt sense since I can, since I can remember that um, I was connected to those things. Um, that there was a deeper connection, um, and I just I remember hearing that about uh, my mom, my mom's womb, my grandmother, my grandmother's womb, and I'm not making any spiritual claims to have like <laughs> felt back into all of that on Mother's Day I just I kind of took a moment to could have been moving the bones or turning the bones um, as a metaphorical way of like I took a moment on Mother's Day to just honor to pause and in whatever way I, I, I did, you know, like, um, just to take a minute to, uh, to recognize that, to recognize that I'm the result of all of those things. Um, there wasn't a breath my grandmother took that didn't benefit me. And, I know that in my life I have been victim of the contemporary pathologizing of myself, of my parents, of my grandparents, of society, and I've been susceptible to victimization 
um, because I decided to blame people and not to say that there aren't correlations, um, but it's way too complex to think that, you know, having a grandfather who f flew fighters or flew in World War II, or two grandfathers actually, come home, deal with their PTSD with alcohol, um, probably be pretty challenging to live with misogynistic and patriarchal, uh, have an alcoholic grandmother on one side, uh, a grandmother with bipolar. It, it's too, it was too easy for too long to just kind of like feel safe inside of those labels. And I think this is the glory of being in my 40s for me is that there's kind of this great it's like a breath of humility that has been blown into me in my 40s that and I knew it intellectually I just didn't feel it um, and I, I, I think there's a word for that it's a uh, grokking I think it's grokking you can look that up it's really an interesting term it's where you like have this felt sense of something and yeah I hadn't uh, I knew it intellectually, but I hadn't felt it. You know, I knew that like people are just people and, you know, we're all humans, but I hadn't like kind of felt this like, it was really humbling. Um, and I could see why, you know, my, my ego structure and my identity didn't want to kind of admit that. Um, and... I think I'd have to say that this Mother's Day for me, um, I got the gift of getting ready and beginning to touch into the grief that I will feel when my mother leaves her body. Um, I was driving I sent my mom a card and I was super proud of this card and um, I got the feedback that I really nailed it with this card. It's one of my one of my superpowers is augmenting cards from like Hallmark or Target to make them funny and cute. Um, really pride myself on my ability to bring my mom joy in that way and so I, I'm, I'm happy to say that after 44 years I'm I'm still pretty sharp at that one <laughs> and uh so I, I i sent my mom a card sent my aunt a card because my aunt um her older sister is also kind of like a parental figure for me um sent them their cards heard that i nailed it um but i at some point during that you know i called and we had a nice little chat my mom's under the weather a little bit so hope she's feeling better she's getting a uh dental procedure tomorrow to help out with some pain in her ear so blessings and love to you mom speedy recovery um hate the idea of you being sick and hurting 
I love you. Um, <laughs> and, uh, sorry, a little tangent there, but uh, um, so I called and we had a nice little chat. And then I was I was driving home from the grocery store, and I heard "Hey Mama" by Kanye West, and I, I've always loved that song. I, I've always I've learned a lot of songs on the guitar to play for my mom. I've always really loved doing. I don't know, my mom introduced me to so much music, it's definitely a way we connect, but I was listening to this song and just like thinking about like how hard Kanye lost his shit after his mom died and uh, um, how hard that must have been for him and that song is just so beautiful, like, hey mama, I know I act a fool, but promise you I'm going back to school. I appreciate what you allowed for me. Just want you to be proud of me. Um, yeah, it's just about just like the undying love of a mom. Um, and, and not that everyone has that relationship with their mother because of, you know, mental health and trauma. I definitely want to recognize that there's a spectrum of how that looks and there's a journey for each one of us to reconciling our relationship with our parents and our ancestors. Um, but I was just so overcome. I was like, I gotta call my fucking mom. I was like, right, right fucking now, you know? Like, I was just overcome. And I just like, I called and she's like, oh, hey, you know, twice in one day, aren't I lucky? And I just like started sobbing and I was like, holy shit, I'm not always going to be able to call you on Mother's Day. I can't even believe it. Someday you won't be there when I press, when I press call. And I have my mom and my phone is mama loves me so fucking much. So every time she calls, Siri has to say, mama loves me so fucking much. That's not at all like that. That sounded like a robot Forrest Gump. <laughs> um, but I just broke down. And I think that as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm really starting to feel and understand just how fucking precious this is. Um, And I know that in this country, we don't teach people how to grieve. Um, we don't grieve publicly, you know. I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, you know, like, uh, we don't allow people to have their emotions, you know, like, um, and I kind of want to change that. I want to be a part of helping people. And I want this podcast, like, if we can get in there and, like, turning the bones sounds uncomfortable. And I think it is a little uncomfortable, but it's also really beautiful. And um, that's kind of where the name came from. And so... Yeah, I just a little little Mother's Day reflection here uh, the week after. And yeah, Moving the Bones by Rick Barat. I'm going to take a little pause here.
for a little little break I'm going to throw in a nicotine lozenge I am still successfully off the cigarettes thank every celestial being in the world for helping me with that one thanks thanks to my ancestors um, and yeah let's just take a little break maybe they'll be advertising here someday maybe not Hey mama, I'm just gonna hum. I can't probably can't do too too much of that because uh Kanye'll sue me. I don't want to get sued by Kanye. Although I would like I would love to chat with Kanye someday. I think that would be pretty cool. Uh talk to him about his mental health journey, his relationship with his mom and God. Definitely respect. Definitely respect how public he's been with his uh, relationship with Jesus and God. Um, and those beats, come on. Just those beats. Just like the most talented sampler in the history of sampling. Just, yeah, just a prodigy at sampling, making beats. Hats off to you, Kanye. Hats off to you today. I think you're Maybe you're up in Wyoming. Hope you're driving an ATV, doing something fucking incredible, just letting the glory of God beat down in your face and sunshine. And maybe we can have a chat about. Uh, I don't know if I want to talk politics with you. Let's just we could probably avoid that. But uh, probably disagree pretty heavily about the whole Trump thing. But uh, yeah, a little fantasy. Why not have a chat with Kanye? cup of coffee go for a walk talk about God ah yeah so where are we got my timer set uh, today another suggestion from my mom is that I set a timer just never running out of good ideas over there it was uh, pretty funny I uh, <laughs> set a timer last week to keep me under an hour and I never hit stop and so when I opened my timer back up today, it had been running for 167 hours. Um, yeah, it just kept running the whole time. My poor little phone, just there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... What else? Yeah, this podcast is a crowdfunded, listener-supported podcast. Uh, thank you to all of my patrons. Uh, gonna keep pitching this. If you have a chance, go to uh, www.patreon.com/turningofthebones. Um, yeah, and if you're getting something from this, if you were like, hey, if I sat down with you and we had this chat, I'd buy you a cup of coffee and a scone. Um, yeah, whatever you can afford uh, once a month, it's, it's hugely appreciated. I put a lot of time and energy and love into this. It's, uh, 
it's definitely a passion project for me. I feel like being able to sit down and speak into this microphone in my makeshift recording studio here in Denver, Colorado is kind of it's kind of like I feel like I'm I'm doing what I'm meant to do. Um and I love that. And so thank you all for the support www.turningofthebones.com www.patreon.com slash turningofthebones uh, sign up to be a monthly patron uh, yeah and it helps me keep food on the table and pays me for my time and energy and I think it's a really great model for stepping outside of these these huge corporate sponsorships and we can just talk about what we want to we don't have any advertisers I'm not trying to like sell this to somebody which really would feel awful to me I'd be like selling my soul so that I could uh, have coca-cola or somebody advertise on here and then I couldn't talk shit about the, uh, the coke brothers um, or anybody you know Jeff Bezos I'm not gonna put this on Amazon because it's fucking crazy that billionaires are trying to tell you who you can and can't, what you can and can't say. That's uh, sounds a bit like capitalistic tyrants to me. So we're gonna keep this over here on the side. 100% punk rock, 100% hippie, 100% queer, uh, <laughs> and uh, DIY. Got my pillows up, soundproofing. Uh, you may have heard I got a. That's the floor underneath my really awesome new chair. It's a uh, adjustable stool so I can use my core while I work here. And uh, yeah, if you can help, that's that would be really great. Um, visit the website, www.turningofthebones.com. Check out my blogs where I'm putting a little weekly reflection up. I think this week I posted one about the power of making eye contact and a smile. Uh, after this pandemic, I think we've all grown a little bit. I know I've grown more socially awkward and afraid and protective, and I don't think that anything that's going on in America right now is helping that politically or socially or racially. Like, we're all on edge. And so be nice to one another. Make eye contact. Give somebody a smile if you can. Uh, wave if you have your mask on. You can always say, hey, I'm smiling underneath this mask. Um, I think that little effort goes a long way for all of us right now. Help us get back to, I think, our, our, our communal state, our, our natural state of wanting to be connected to each other after this year. So head over to the website, check out my podcast. I give you a little it'll give you a little peek inside my brain when I'm not feeling super emotionally balanced I was on a run last week and I was just angry as hell just not a pleasant person internally and thank goddess thank god all of the protectors my ancestors for 
given me meditation and yoga and exercise and a body that has healed and is able to do the bit of exercise that it can as it ages and for gardening and my dog. Um, very important Lily update. She is sleeping very still at my feet while I wrap up this podcast and she went on her first proper swim yesterday uh, through a stick out into a lake and you know with with some encouragement some sweet words and reassurance she she leapt off of the little you know ledge she was standing on and just went for it and she learned that she could swim and I'll tell you what <laughs> she loved it um, and I think I've mentioned this, that Lily's teaching me and that having pets, you know, our teachers can come from anywhere. And Lily really taught me and reminded me, gave me a little review lesson that we all need a little encouragement when we get scared. Um, it's really easy to get frozen. Uh, so be soft with yourself. Be soft with another person this week if they're doing something scary doesn't have to be swimming or jumping off something. It could be going to the grocery store. It could be scary. Going to work. Um, been trying times, and I think we're all a little bit exhausted. This collective trauma we're all going through. Uh, it's going to take a while to unpack, so be gentle. If you have the energy, cheerlead somebody. Give them a, give them a smile. Give them a wave. and Let's keep being decent people. Uh, let's keep turning these bones. Let's keep moving these bones. Once again, uh, hats off to Rick Barat. Uh, I got that from a little a website I follow. It's a Facebook group, and it's the American... Oh, wait, no, sorry. The Academy of American Poets, and you can donate. They have a really awesome newsletter. You can sign up and get a poem a day. Um, they have a Facebook... They've got a really lovely website with all kinds of educational resources. If there are any teachers listening, the Academy of American Poets, Rick Barat, Moving of the Bones, hats off. Uh, go buy his book. Maybe someday I'll have him on the show. I have no clue. Um, but I love those, uh, those little coincidences, you know, as I was getting ready and building Turning of the Bones. San Francisco. Someone was writing a poem that uh, kind of mirrored the shape of what I was feeling and what I wanted to do here and the poetic impetus from the uh, Madagascar inspiration. Uh, so be nice to yourself, be nice to others. Try to cultivate gratitude, humility, and if not, uh, go do whatever you have to do. Go be angry. Have a great day. Love to each and every one, you beautiful beings, you uh, blessed beauties. Take care. Turn of the bones. Bye now. <laughs>